are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today is Kevin Derso. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, it was a bit of an interesting week for the Flyers. Um, <laughs> listen, let's let's be honest here. There's not a whole lot going on. Uh, we're in the dog days of the season. We're, we're limping towards a, a top five pick, probably. <laughs> it's... It, <sighs> The Flyers won two games this week, which is actually kind of a bad thing at this point in the season. I was going to say, it depends on who you ask. I don't know if everybody thinks they're limping towards that top five pick, per se. Well, if they keep winning two games a week, it's going to slow that progress down, and that's no good. Depends. Okay, so this is going to depend on who they're playing, because play. look, I'll give them full marks for a game against the Rangers that I, you know, let's put it this way. They had every reason to lose said game because they were winning the game and then blew the lead in about 12 seconds. Yeah, brutal. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but the uh, two Columbus games, like, Columbus didn't exactly play all that well Tuesday no. and won. And then, you know, you got exactly what you saw from the Thursday game where they where the Flyers get the win pretty yeah. convincingly, to be honest. I do want to touch on that Flyer in, on that Thursday game in a second. But. Sure. And then Saturday was – look, Anaheim we know has more skill than the Flyers do. Even if they're not going to make the playoffs, they have more skill. And For sure. Wait until you play – you know, like, uh, like wait until you play Washington and Toronto who at this point need to be fine-tuning the playoff push. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be peddled to the metal. Washington's not officially in, but they're pretty much in, you know. Right. By all and Toronto, Toronto the Rangers is are, locked. Well, yeah, Toronto's a little later on in the in the schedule still right. for the last one, but the Rangers are officially locked. Um, anybody else? Pittsburgh, I don't know if it's officially locked, but they're going to make it. We know that, yeah, right? Because um, I think the four that are officially locked at this stage, Florida's a lock. Uh, Toronto and the Rangers both clinched on Saturday. Yep. And, and Colorado, is- Colorado's the only team in the West. Maybe it is Pittsburgh then, because I think Tampa's not yet. Or no, Carolina is. Carolina's the, the other. Yeah, official. Carolina is. So yeah. Pittsburgh is not. Um, Tampa is not. Boston is not. Washington is not officially. Though we can all look at standings and we can all count the margin. Uh, yeah, it's a thirteen-point gap at the moment. Uh, that's. It's a thirteen-point gap, and now the thing that the Islanders. Well, and now the thing the Islanders have is no long. It no longer applies. Like. There were times where you're looking and you go, well, it is the 13-point gap, but the Islanders have three extra games. Right. So maybe, like, no, 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 no. No, and that's been shut down pretty heavily here. No, and I mean, like, here's the thing. The Islanders are going to turn out to be a a hold for the bad start. They're going to be exactly what I think everybody expected them to be, which is they'll be the first ones out. Maybe they cut into that margin a little bit. I mean, they had an awful game on Saturday. I don't. Right. I, I don't remember who they played. They played um, oh, St. Louis. They, they had an awful game against St. Louis. But right. Bottom line, you you know the teams that are making the playoffs out of the right. East, and the Flyers are going to play enough of them. I mean, Toronto's on the schedule. The Rangers, Washington. You know they don't get any of those other teams. I don't think they really play the West anymore either, do they? Not much. No, it's it's pretty Chicago and Winnipeg. That's it, right? And, but, like, you do have some interesting games coming down the stretch, Just and we've talked about this before, with, you know, the home-and-home home that's against Buffalo. They've got Montreal on the schedule. They've got Ottawa on the schedule. And you're looking at those games and going, you know what? 
all of those games could. Martin Jones have better me. start all of them. <laughs> See, the funny part was is that I had somebody who from from ninety seven three who kind of put out on Twitter like kind of had, he like who put out serious question why is the backup starting the game like on Lou Nolan? It's, it's been a pretty heavy rotation of Martin Jones recently. It has. Now, hang on a second. Cause I, and I, I think it's a good it. thing for the record. But I Okay, but I explained it because lately it hasn't been a good thing in theory. Fair. Because, because like, some, like, like, that was the thing. Serious question. Why is Martin Jones starting? Like, why is your backup starting a game where you're, like, having this big celebration and all stuff? I agree. And, and, my, and I know where people are coming from with that. And I turned around and I said, Jones has been better recently. And Yo is still trying to win games whether people agree or not. Something okay. and I'm like something like these events, like hey, we're honoring Lou Nolan, isn't going to influence what goalie they a lineup start, decision, right? Or any other lineup decision for that matter. Right. Um, which uh, I'm trying to remember what the follow up question to that was. Um, oh, it was just see, he he just sent like a, a gift back of like um, uh, what's it like just a like one of these like headache kind of things. Like I okay sure Mike Yo's got me like giving me headaches or whatever. And I turn around and again my response: He's trying to earn a job next year. He's not going right. to be the head coach here, but he could like if he's willing to stay as an assistant, they probably would entertain that because the players do seem to like him, and especially in that role because right. the assistant is the communicator, not necessarily the guy who calls all the shots, if you will. Um, or he's trying to earn, and I'm like, there will be openings. There will sure. be plenty of openings. So he's trying to get on somebody's radar, and by, you do that by winning games. Whether people like the fact that they're winning or not, you do it by getting through to players and having them play well enough to win. Right. So as much as people don't like the idea, like everybody's going to sit there, they should be losing games. Listen, all you want to do at this stage of the season is give yourself pretty close to the guaranteed top five. That's right. what you need. Like. I don't think that they're going to end up with the best lottery odds. I think Arizona is pretty well coasting into that one. Yeah. But, but you're in the top five right now. And all you really need to do is at worst come away with the fact that you probably pick fourth or fifth because you're right. That's right there. It's close. But come away sure. with the fact that you probably pick fourth or fifth without getting lucky. And then maybe you have a chance to win something out of it, even if right. And the teams in fourth and fifth jump all the time and you get, a you know, the, the right. second even pick if overall. You went number two, there's value to that. Like, yep. This isn't, you know, let's let's not confuse this year with next year in terms of this is not the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. To be fair, or, next year if you get second, you still get Mitchkov and you're you're happy about it. Well, yeah, like uh, but listen, you're not trying like it, this isn't like there's one guy. Like this is not losing right. the Connor McDavid sweepstakes, no, you know what for I mean? Sure. Or Austin Matthews. This is, you know, Shane Wright's going to be a good really good player and you'd love to get the first pick to get a player like that. You'd love to get the second or third pick to get, you know, Logan Cooley. Yep. Like, you'd love to get a player like that, too. They're all going to yep. have some form of value. I don't even know if they're going to play here next year. That's how, like, weak the draft could be. Oh, right. But, I, I think there's some real possibility that if you get a Cooley or um, you, you could see them in the lineup this fall. There's Yeah, there, I'm not trying to say that there's not a possibility. Right. It just comes down to determination and like like determining like in terms of where they these guys fall in line right. and, and, and what we can, see what we see the rest of the summer out of Chuck too. That that whole thing's and it's going to be a mystery because he's going to you know. Yep. Look, my belief is is that they're not going to make many changes in free agency. They'll throw some money at somebody. It maybe will be enough to get somebody, but is it going to make that much of a difference? One guy. I don't Elliot know. Friedman certainly seems to think it's going to be Nazem Kadri. And I think Nazem Kadri is a nice player. 
Like I, I don't agree. think he's. I don't think he's. Hey, look, he can be a headliner on Colorado with guys out of the lineup because there's still somebody who can make him a little bit better. And right. he's, you know, he's playing in a system and a style where at the end of the day, you know, who also was like we can talk about line mates for Nazem Kadri all we want to. You know right. who wasn't out of that lineup during most of that time that can help you out a lot too. Kale McCarr. Fair like, enough. Like a defenseman who has that kind of ability, who is either moving the puck so quickly that you're getting, you know, you're getting points off the rush because he's springing odd man rushes or joining them for that matter because he's that good. Like there's an element of that as well. So look, if 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 that's the type of guy, that's the type of guy. And listen, maybe the, I don't want to sit there and assume anything, but maybe they do have somehow or other enough money. I don't know how they'd have enough money to do this, but like that, that, so that's a whole other thing. But if somehow or other they cleared enough money in one way or another to sign a Nazem Kadri and a Johnny Gaudreau, then like okay, you're hitting some, you like you're trying to take the Phillies approach here. You're trying to get some headliners coming in in free agency. That's gonna it, they're they're gonna draw people because they should be big names. But does that win? You know, does that equate to winning? I don't know that it does, and I don't know like to me. I know everybody's fascinated with the Johnny Gaudreau perspective and like the idea that no, and the idea that he could have a homecoming and all that type of stuff. Right. I I just don't think there's enough money in the world for him to recognize this is a team that doesn't have the potential, uh, the same potential as the team he's currently on. But can Kevin Hayes pull the wool over his eyes? That's that's the question. I think he's smarter than that. I don't disagree with you, but the combination of factors is going to be a lot to. To overcome, it's going to be hard to say no. It's hard to say no to friends and family, and that's what he's going to have to do. It is, but it's they've got a legit shot this year, and they might get honestly as far as the conference finals. I think at that point they might run into the buzzsaw that is Colorado. But what happens if they beat them? What if they're hot? What if Markstrom's on absolute well, the, fire well, and stands on his right? Head and for I six would games? well, and in fairness, I would give Calgary the edge over Colorado. No disrespect to Colorado at all. And oh, Darcy Kemper, I would I give Markstrom the edge. That is hard to say. I don't disagree with you. Oh, I give Markstrom the edge for sure, but I don't know if I can give Calgary the edge. No, I'm giving them the edge in goaltending. <sighs> okay, okay, yeah. In like that I'm case, saying, certainly, yeah. No, no, no. That's all I'm talking about. Just by at that particular okay. position, I'm not giving the team the edge at all. But I'm saying I would give them with Markstrom because you're talking about players getting high. Okay, for a second, I it like, sounded like you'd be picking them in a series. No, no, no. I, 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 I don't know about that. No, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you in the terms okay. of Markstrom gives them a slight edge in goaltending that I think you know, and that's why I said I was no and disrespect. Sometimes to in the playoffs, that's all that matters. Right. I'm saying no disrespect to Darcy right. Kemp, who has played well and. Like I did catch overtime of that game last night that they played against Edmonton. Outstanding. How crazy. How Kemper, how Kemper played. Yeah. Penalty with McDavid and Dreisaitl out there the entire time to make tons. I mean, I think they said he made seven saves in overtime. Which is <sighs> which absurd. For the, three, for the three on three is insane. Three on three and then two minutes of four on three. Right. So absurd. But I do think that Markstrom for a seat, in, like for a whole body of work, Markstrom has the edge over Kemper. Certainly. And if he ends up being, you know, turns into the brick wall that he can be, maybe there's an edge for Calgary at that point if that's the Markstrom you get. I don't know. I, but, like, I don't know how many teams in the West, though, I look at that I go, you know, Calgary's not on their level. I think Calgary's on the level of pretty much everybody else. No, I, th- I think it's a two-and-a-half horse race in the West. Who I else think are you including? Minnesota? I think it's, if Vegas gets in, 
because Vegas you have getting to remember, in will be interesting, and especially right. if they can play that card where you know hey, I was going to say LPIR guys comes back. They're already. Um, they have to clear. They don't have to clear that much space to activate Stone. I think I read something that putting Nolan Patrick and two other guys, I can't remember the names right now, on LTIR, and they're guys yeah. that are currently hurt. Right. Uh, putting those guys on LTIR would be enough to clear space for Stone, and they could get Mark Stone back active. And at that point, you get a couple of weeks with Mark Stone, Jack Eichel you know give them some time to get some uh some juices going before the playoffs don't count vegas out because if they get in they get in at full strength well true the only that's terrifying the only thing right now that is completely against them and they've definitely got talent and they've got the potential to make that spot no doubt but the only thing that's going against them right now is they are tied for the last wild card spot. They're two points back of the first wild card spot. But those two teams have two extra games to play. You gotta and when you yeah. don't and, and the one thing you can't get back, no matter how good your team is, is time. So having only nine games left as opposed to eleven, which the other two teams have. You know, Dallas wins a couple of games there, Nashville wins a couple of games, and you start pulling ahead. Nashville's already ahead of them by two I'm, points. I'm gonna ask you an honest question. Would you be surprised if Vegas went seven one one in any in any random stretch of nine games? Not I wouldn't be surprised. It's yeah, it, let's just wait. If they do that at this point, then they're not making the playoffs as a wild card. They're probably making the playoffs as the three. Well, sure, but like that's what I'm saying. Like and the, this team is the kind of team that has that potential, and I, I you know, I'm gonna pull up their schedule real quick and just kind of see what they have remaining because if they have a couple of soft games in there, I could see seven one one easily. Yeah, they're playing okay. Van Cal Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. They're going on their Western Canada road trip right now. Yeah, but that's not easy. That's not easy. You're right. Uh, the games against Calgary and Edmonton are going to be must-watches, by the way, because that's going to be exciting. Uh, and then you get New Jersey. That's a win. Uh, Washington, it's a tough game, but, you know, that's a game you should win if you're really desperate at that point. Uh, San Jose, that's a win. Dallas, that's a win. Chicago, that's a win. And then the, you finish your season against St. Louis, which is going to be an interesting little playoff tune-up. I would pull back on one of the things you said there. Okay. I'm not calling that Dallas game a win at all. Oh, I'm calling – if you're the team getting in, that's a win. It has the reason, to be. The, I know. The reason I'm not calling it a win, though, is because these three games that they have, Vancouver's probably closer a little bit more of a possible win than the other two. I agree. Playing Calgary and Edmonton is going to be tough. Sure. You're, you're looking for – you're hoping to get three out of four points if you can. But Dallas, if, the, if, it, if it hangs around long enough – that Dallas Vegas game could, could be very huge. literally decide who makes the playoffs, and if Dallas has a shot, and if Dallas has a shot, they they're gonna come out with everything they got because that is a like sure. that's a, that's a headliner in the final week of the season. And man, that Dallas team is a lot of fun right now too. I don't have anything against Vegas because Vegas has been a fun watch, and they've got a lot of players who haven't won anything before, which is another key part for me when it comes to the playoffs. If the playoffs started today and I looked at the teams in the West that are in, I, I've got two teams that I could take or leave winning the Stanley Cup at that point. Okay. Because and, – and it's a – it's not a hate thing. Like, I absolutely sure. despise the team. It's 
it's honestly it's recency. That, and I and I me. did say two and a half at the start of no, this I know, whole but thing. like oh yeah, I, you know, uh, no, I know I'm, that I'm, they're not a they're not a show in for sure. But oh, if they I know. get there and if they're there healthy, they are scary. Yeah, and I wouldn't care. Like, I definitely am. Like, I can definitely get behind the two wild cards right now. You know, and if they made a run right now from those spots, I would be enjoying it. I really wouldn't like I, I, Colorado. I, I think has deserved to win for a while. I think they need to get like. They, they can't get over that second-round hump, and sometimes the reason is the team that's not in the playoffs right now. Right. So, you know th- so you know what? For that for that reason, there's part of me that would love to see them face off in a first-round series or whatever just so that you could sit there and say, okay, they beat them first. So they d- took care of them, that team that everybody said, oh, they can't get past Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Nope, they got past Vegas, and now they go and play the other teams. You know, it, I, could, I think it would be a tough road to the cup at that point. Oh, Colorado <laughs> does not have an easy road when you think no. about it because even though they are way like even You're though are going to end up playing was, Minnesota like or, or St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis is I mean, a tough St. team. St. Louis is in there. Um, but I think Minnesota is uh, a tougher matchup for Colorado, though. I think they kind of just I think they're kind of just better than St. Louis in every way. Uh, but anyway, um Looking at some of the like, because looking at the eight teams that are in right now, if that started the way it is right now, um, you know, St. Louis just won like three years ago, and I get it. Like it was a great story then. You know, I like it, I'm ready to watch somebody else win. Like sure. I'm not, I'm not looking at Tampa Bay at all. I'm not now, Tampa. The thing here's the thing I keep saying about Tampa Bay though, and this is probably the truth, because Tampa Bay keeps hovering between like the wild card and that third spot in the uh, Atlantic. Okay. And I basically keep telling people they don't care about the rest of this regular season if they're going to make the playoffs. You notice they, they, they know they want to get in. I noticed Carolina's flip the switch. Carolina's been losing games, and uh, I think it's because they're trying to get out of that first spot in the Metro because they don't want to play whatever team's coming over from the Atlantic. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. Would you want to play Tampa in the first round? Would you want to play Toronto in the first round? Would you want to play Boston in the first round? No, like I know but, I know it's the playoffs and there's no easy matchups, but like whatever team comes over from the from the Atlantic to the Metro is has a real chance at coming out of the division as well. Well, yeah, I get that. I I, I don't look. I don't know. You, you know what? There's an element for me. I get what you're saying, and it could be some strategizing there. There's an element to me. No, there's also an element to me because you can't be afraid of anybody. If you're afraid of those matchups, then That's you're fair. not. Then you're not a cup contender. I agree. Because you shouldn't be fearing anything at that point in time. The only reason you should be doing anything like that is, hey, listen, the results are going to be what they're going to be because we're missing blank. Right. And we're hope like we'll get them back for the playoffs, but we're going to have to just take whatever we get because we're doing the best we can without so and so. And there's not many teams I can think of that are playing without somebody key. I mean, Boston did or will, I think, today. Um, because I think Pasternak's not playing right now, and um. Who's the other guy I saw that's out? It was a defenseman, but I can't remember for whatever reason. But there's a defenseman I think who's out too. Not Mac, not like McAvoy. Was it? I can't remember. Like maybe it was Grizzlick or something like that. It was okay. somebody who was higher up or some or somebody somebody else was out today. Okay. That's all I know. Somebody else was not going to play today. Brandon Carlo, uh, maybe. No, Carlo's playing. Oh, okay. Um, but it was somebody. Somebody else was not able to play. And and they're not they're starting Olmark today. I know that, but like, it, there's all these decisions. You know what I mean? Like all these crazy decisions go into it. And we'll you know, 
it's it's the reason why we're still gonna have shows once the season's over because we can have just as much fun talking about this as we absolutely we are we are hockey fans we're gonna watch the playoffs we're gonna be here talking about them so listen we did we need to do that because of the fact that after watching the last four months of all the other stuff you know watching good hockey it's gonna be fun and you know, I mean, listen, I'm coupling, I'm doubling down on my entertainment value with it because of the fact that I've got those games and I've got a few Phillies games lined up that I'm going to go to. And, and, nice. And, and, because, because, and I even said, like, listen, I could be foolish here by sitting here getting all excited about their season and stuff. I'm like, listen, I just watched four and a half months of this. I just need something to hope in for a little bit. Like, right. get, just let me hold on to hope for a little bit. Need but, some hope. But you know, you know what? Speaking of hope, why don't we get to a couple of. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So. Talk about. I put a pin in that Thursday Columbus uh, game, the game the Flyers ended up winning four to one, and the reason I wanted to talk about that game is because of who the Flyers' goal scorers were. Right, we had four goals scored in that game, and Kevin Connaughton scored the first one. And I'll be honest, don't have a lot to say about him. It's it's nice. I believe it was his first as a Flyer, correct? For who? Sorry. For who are we talking about? Kevin Connaughton. It was his first as a Flyer. Yes, correct? it was. Okay. It was. Which, um, by the way, it was funny to me that it happened in Columbus because I believe he played there before. Okay. And don't ask me why I remember this. I do. It's stupid. But okay. Years and years and years ago, he had a game-winning overtime goal against the Flyers while playing for Columbus, I believe. I'm 0% surprised. So it just makes like it makes me laugh that I like he scored his first goal as a Flyer. Like... In Columbus, and, then, yeah. well, and I'll be honest, I didn't really catch as much of Thursday's game as as the others. I had something kind of right. come up last minute that forced me kind of away. I, I I ended up not being at Tuesday's game in person, but I watched it. I didn't um get to watch much of Thursday's game because of something else. Right, and um basically, as I you know, as I saw the updates come through, I'm like, wow, okay, like like you're sitting there thinking. You know, you're. You know, I think everybody was kind of waiting on Thursday specifically because of where it was. Right. You know, maybe the Cam Atkinson goal is coming at some point because yeah, everybody um, was expecting it. And yeah. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, wow, he scored his first. Like, okay, like kind of unexpected there. You know, like it's one of those things. I, I have to go back and see if I can figure out what a years he was in Columbus and see if I can find if he scored that. <laughs> he only played two years in Columbus apparently, so it wasn't many. Okay. Um, but either way, like he was, he was more of a surprising figure to uh, score that goal. And then we got into like some of the other guys who, you know, you you had brought up kind of before we started, you know, Travis Konechny getting a goal, which is, you know, it's just nice to see because you want to see him kind of keep getting on a roll. He had a couple of, ch- I think, believe he had a couple chances in Saturday's game too that it, he's it's just missing for him, and it, you know. It's unfortunate it before. because he's he's in the right spots to do some things, and it's just not coming together like the way that it should. Right, and we've you know, seen in terms that before. Of we've seen that before out of Travis. So seeing him get one is nice because it, it, it's a good little confidence booster for him, and helps kind of get him back on the horse. And we've seen that work with him before. But um, the other two guys who scored in that game were Owen Tippett and Noah Cates. Uh, it's nice seeing Tippett continue adding. You know. Uh, he's looked really, really solid. I'm very happy with where he's at right now. Um, and then Noah Cates has, you know, again, has looked pretty solid since he's been here. And um, seeing him net his second, it's nice kind of seeing some of the young kids 
contribute. And, you know, you're starting to see what the roster is going to look like next year, maybe. You know, Tippett's probably going to be on it. Cates is probably a little more questionable. He might end up in the bottom six somewhere. But, you know, it's nice getting a little bit of a preview towards next season. So I want to talk about both of those guys because okay. the fact that, so I don't and I don't typically get to morning skates and things like that that frequently. But I went on Saturday and when Mike Yo came up and was talking to, to the media that was gathered there, I, I asked him a couple questions about those two players because, well, he talked about guys who get rewarded for having good habits. He kind of broadened that thing. And I kind of went into Owen Tippett at that point because I'm like, look. It seems like the good ha- like rewarded for good habits. It's not rewarded in, in terms of goals, but like the guy had what three breakaways in, against the Rangers, and then had more against Columbus over the course of a he like. Unfortunately, this, this, the sad part is, is I'm talking about that going into the Anaheim game, and it was probably his weakest game of the last several. Fair, but but leading up to that point, you're sitting here going, well, yeah, he does have a couple goals because he scored against the Rangers and he scored against Columbus. And right. you're going, okay, but all of the opportunities, I mean, he had breakaways left and right, and he's, you know, like all that type of stuff. So, you know, Yo said he could certainly have had two or three more than he already did have. Sure. He's hit but also, a couple of times. But I followed it up, and I asked him, like, is there anything, you know, because you're learning, when they get a player like that, and it's the middle of the season or late in the season for that matter, you're learning about him on the fly. You don't have time to kind of go into it. like like you're a head coach or even an interim head coach at the time. Like you're sitting here, you're focused on the guys you have at the moment. You're not sitting here going, oh, we might get in a trade. So I'm going to watch his games. You right. have to learn about the player and learn about the player on the fly from a sense of even he showed up 20 hours after the trade happened and played a game, played a game for right. your team. You have no knowledge of him at all, except for maybe what at that point. Saturday night, oh, I'll watch one of his old games now because right. I'm getting him tomorrow. But, you know, like other than that, um, you know, so I asked him, is there anything that surprises you about his game? And he even said he said that and I agree with this completely. He's probably a more powerful skater than anybody like the most realized. Yeah, he's, not, he's uh, yeah, because he's got breakaway speed, like and yep. breakaway speed, not in the sense of, hey, I can get in on a on a breakaway, but he pulls away from other players. And his skating is, he, he, you know what it is for his skating? His first stride is really good. When yeah. He goes, he can go from like near standstill to getting into a play when he wants to pretty, pretty. He's got a lot of power in his push off. It's... He, he is a good power skater. Yes. Yeah. And it's. It's been a couple of years since the Flyers have had a really good power skater. Like, even Wayne Simmons at the height of his power was never the best power skater. And I don't want to make it seem like Owen Tippett is is the greatest skater that's no. ever existed or anything no, like that. No, for sure. You know, or anything like that. He doesn't even – he probably doesn't even have the best speed on his own team, let's be clear. No, um, no. But he's a really good player in those areas, and the things that he's got to work on the most – Continue to be those areas that he said he's one. He said he's wanted to work on the defensive side, the right. board battles. Like, and they that that was the thing that got them in the most trouble in the Saturday game was they were losing the battles. They were losing the one on ones. They kind of you know the word that came up after the game was maybe maybe getting a feeling that it was going to be easy because of the fact that the first period had gone so well. Oh, maybe this will be easy, and it wasn't easy. Like right. a team with way more skill came down and all of a sudden flipped the switch, got like the talking to. And started trying to play like that, you know. Right. Um, but so I asked about him, but I also asked about Noah Cates because 
you know, this is for me, and I don't want to pump up players and make it seem like, oh my goodness, like let's get you get on that train where it's like they're the greatest sure. thing ever. Noah Cates can be an effective bottom six player. He's a mid league. he's a mid round pick coming out of college. There's not a whole lot of expectations. Long term, might if if you want me to be honest, he yeah. might be the perfect fourth line player. Sure, because of the fact that he possesses the two way ability that coaches love, and I brought like. I can't tell you the reaction that Mike Yo has when I like when I'm asking that question. And I go to like, listen, I know he's got a couple goals, and I'm pointing out he has a couple goals, but his two way play really seems to be standing out. And Mike Yo gives you that like, uh huh, like I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I like talking two way play. Like I know people get crazy, like go crazy over that stuff because at the end of the day, you need to see goals, you need to see skill, you need to see speed. Right, like, but in your bottom six, you need to see defensive responsibility also. <laughs> And I love the fact that right now they're not playing him like the fourth line guy. Sure, they're playing him in every showcase. Else. But they're but they are right because you, well you need to because of the fact that you need to really see what you have and you can't just literally sit here and say sure. that's that's the end of, the end of that. And, and right. there's like we can talk about so many more players besides these two, but these two are the ones I wanted to focus on because I kind of pointed both of them out um, when I was at the practice. But Kate's in particular. You know, I can't say that I know for sure. Like, these kids that come out of college and jump right into the lineup, they're doing that right now because it doesn't burn the call-ups. It doesn't do anything like that. Like, And right. they seem pretty content on letting them play, even though, like, with all due respect, and Ronnie Adder's gotten – he's gotten his first point. Then he got his first goal. Like he had, He's had his first controversy with the whole Keith Yandel thing. Well, that's not his fault, but <laughs> – I know. But the other stuff has been really good, right? Like, he, he's, he is producing. He's kind of, you know, because that, that first game that he played where all that type of stuff happened, you know, he ends up, you know, it's, it turns into a kind of a bloodbath by the end of the game. He yeah. ends up as a minus four. Like, it kind of becomes, like, it, it, it becomes an it is what it is situation. Like, it's, you got to put it behind you and move and, on. Well, and he has for the most part because yeah. he's looked a lot more effective and it looks like the game is coming to him a little bit better now a lot of people will sit there that you know up in the press box will argue um you know he should have like okay i can see playing him for a couple of games but then he should have gone down to the minors and kind of gotten a feel for it there i don't necessarily disagree i just also think that they're sitting here kind of going what do we have to lose like right what is there to lose at this point other than more games which again which is, is not necessarily the worst thing right yeah and I think Adder has looked solid, and with Cates, it's like you said, it's it's about trying him out, seeing where he fits in, and yeah, is he most likely to slot into your fourth line as a bit of a value role player, and you know, kind of that Nicholas Obe Kubel role we've seen in the past. Connor Bunneman kind of fits that type too, or does he slot in with somebody else? Does he have really good chemistry with, you know, some people higher up in the lineup? And then all of a sudden you have a little found money and you have a little diamond in the rough. And it, well, in, if you're talking, since you're talking Kate specifically here, yeah. th the guy who I think like when you said, does he slot up a little higher in the lineup? The first guy that comes to my mind is Scott Lawton. I, uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. Put him with Scott Lawton. You've got a, because at that point in time, see, and this is why I talk about it like this, and that's why I said he could be a perfect fourth liner. The guy doesn't score two goals by accident. Right. 
Like he scored two really good goals. Yeah. One one of which was actually while playing with guys on the fourth line. I mean, the setup is Patrick Brown. Right. Like you you need guys at the end of the day who play on that line who are not complete offensive liabilities. You need right. guys who can score, but mostly are out there just to focus on not getting scored on. And Cates really seems to fit that. You know, he's he he he, he really has impressed me a lot. And, I agree. You know, like I like That's why I keep I, coming I, back to him, <laughs> right? But like that was the difference so far. And look, we're gonna do this because I'm gonna I'll go to the next tab that's right below this one in a second because sure. because that's gonna be the next step. But like for me, he's one of these guys. Like if I'm putting him next to Adderd and going two guys out of college, which one looks more ready for the situation? Well, Adderd looked a little more deer in the headlights at the start than for the first game, and, for sure. And well, and I would say for the, even the second and the third, like he was okay. doing better things, but he still looks like you're going, yeah, he looks because even against that game against the Rangers, he looks, you know, he looked passive. He looked a lot more like, oh, like oh man, here we go again. Look at the way it's coming in waves. He got better as that game went on, and defensively they got better. But like I think that for me, Adderd's last three games have been more of the positive progression but the first two kind of showed the deer in the headlights look sure, and, didn't, and he, I, I didn't feel that to give the kid Cates. a break <laughs> right but i didn't feel that way with kate's i think that kate's had a really strong first impression just without doing anything productive in terms of goals or points or anything like that just by looking fairly comfortable by looking comfortable by looking the part in terms of what you do in the neutral zone and what you do in your own zone he looked the part there and Played that full made 60 me feel, got pucks in deep Dig well, deep, he, bear down. One guy doesn't play a full sixth, <laughs> but I get I appreciate all of the cliches. But yeah. but I like I, no, I seriously I was impressed with his neutral zone play in that first game. Like to kind of because he was creating turnovers, which sure. is really where I was looking at it, where I go, all right, I see something here. Right, and then then it translated, and now all of a sudden he's getting offensive chances. He's scoring a couple goals. I've really liked the two goals he scored because one is go hard to the net. He ends up right in front of the net, gets a good pass, and buries it. And then the other one is, look at this crazy angle that he's scoring from. But he's got like a little bit of a nose for the net. And one of the things I think that matters for him that that maybe, you know, I I can't say for Adderd specifically. Now I can kind of say it for somebody else who we're going to talk about in a second. But one thing that matters for him is, you know, he, he was on the Olympic team. Yep. You play against different players when you're on a team like that, and you you know, he that kind, kind of, of exposure is is valuable. Because I think he's been around the block a little more. He's not just playing the 18 to 22 year old age bracket that some guys get drafted, some don't, you know, and it doesn't have a rhyme or reason to it other than that there's, you know, guys, you know, I think guys are willing to take chances on not drafting those guys because of the fact that some guys just develop, you know, hey, they're 18 going to college. Wait until you see what they turn into in three years. And they are now they're a junior and they're an undrafted free agent. And you go. Ooh, now I want to talk to this kid and sign him because look what he's done in the three years of college. Like that happens all the time. Absolutely, and, a lot of players mature through their late teens but into I their think early twenties. But I think that Cates has used those experiences and played against older players and played against bigger players and has come out of this on the other side a lot better for it than than others can. And I think another guy we need to talk about who had a, had a had close to the perfect week. Yeah, probably the biggest na- pro- Flyers prospect, currently speaking. Is that fair to say? At least up front? Pro- uh, up front, probably. Right, because, especially you know, now that I, you know, we're, we're getting pretty close to considering Cam York graduated. 
Um, he, you know, well, well, and up front, I would say the only name that I can think of that's comparable to Bobby Brink at this point is probably Tyson Forrester, just because you know Forrester carries because the first of the round impact pick. he's had. Well, and Forrester carries the first round pick thing because Brink wasn't, and technically, technically and. You know, I think that I, I think that Forrester wouldn't be the number one name in the system if he wasn't getting like having these crazy injuries that knock him out for extended periods of time. Right. Because because he was like honestly, if he doesn't get hurt at the minor league level this year and continues to play there and maybe shows something, I don't like to be honest with. And again, all due respect, I'm not trying to criticize the player at all, but do we even call Hayden Hodgson's name at all? No, I mean I. If he's if if Tyson Forrester is completely healthy all year at the minor league level and produces, probably not. Because I think that that honestly, I think that was the intended goal. That like especially if you were going to have a year like this, if you were going to have a year like this, and Claude Giroux gets traded, and you know, hey, Derek Broussard was on the team at the start of the year, and he gets traded, like you were going to have openings. That right there was like the circle it, and you know, he's the guy we want to bring up. But that being said, Hayden Hodgson picked up his second goal this week, so we got to give him the shout out. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he second point. Um, either way, man of the hour, uh, Bobby or Brink. Uh, <laughs> Everybody loves that fact, but don't they? <laughs> recently won a national championship with the University of Denver, and by recently, I mean uh, right. what yesterday. Well, um, that's why I said almost a perfect week. Right. Because. They're in the semifinal, the na- the national semifinal, and he gets the assist on the game-winning goal in overtime that gets you into the national championship game. So that's already a big deal. The next night, he's one of the three up for the Hobie Baker Award. He did not win it, right? Which is okay. Robbed. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing I'm, about I'm, that, that. I'm joking. Because well, here's the thing about that award. Because the, the winner of the Hobie Baker this year was Dryden McKay, who Isn't was he like who, 26 or whatever. Well, he was a finalist last year. Okay. Which tends to bode well for you. It, yeah, boost your case. Well, because of the fact that you were already close and then you followed it up with a better year and like. And you're known to the voters. Yes. So yeah. he, I get it. He came close, but, you know, either way, I think he'll trade the Hobie Baker individual award for uh, the national championship the next night, of which, by the way, crazy third period. They're down 1 nothing going to the third period. They scored five unanswered to win 5 to 1. And. Bobby Brink, the leading scorer at the NCAA level, did not factor into a single goal. Wow. I was actually just going to bring up his regular season stats. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, re- re- read them off, though, because like this is why people are excited about him. Right. Least, so the numbers are good. College hockey, if you're unfamiliar, I'm going to preface this a little bit. Uh, the NCAA is pretty low scoring. You see a lot of 2 nothing, 2-1, 3-1 type of games. Um. That being said, Bobby Brink had 14 goals and 43 assists uh, in 41 games for 57 points. Uh, it's impressive. Pretty impressive at the at the, at the at the NCAA level. Like you said, he led the NCAA in scoring this year. Um, it's pretty exciting. And he is a little bit more of a playmaker, as you can see, by the more than one assist per game. <laughs> um but, he has goal scoring ability, though. Like, let's not downplay the right. number that he had just because it doesn't sound like it's all that high. It's still, you know, very, it's still very good. Um, now, Brink did not kind of like, like we talked about Kate, Kate's playing, you know, 
he's basically getting a break in the middle of his college season because hey you're on the olympic team isn't that awesome you know like that kind of thing brink though was this is at least legit enough very much a standout um on the world junior team right a year ago like very much a standout going into that year his his last year eligible to play on that under you know that world junior under 20 team and you know six points in seven games he's factoring into a lot of things it's like that was kind of the starting to get noticed kind of thing and then he really took it to another level in you know what probably is going to be his last season at denver i mean it feels like you know to me i i keep coming back to the um you know to the comment that chuck fletcher made after the deadline which was that he included bobby brink in the right wing lineup the, like the present, we have these the guys present tense well, like that we have all of these guys that we're going to probably get into the lineup at some point, And you're yeah. like, OK, and, and see, you know what? I think he had included Wade Allison in that. And I think Wade Allison for right now is still sticking to the minors because he, they need to see like Wade Allison's biggest knock is he needs to stay consistently in a lineup. Right. That's the biggest knock. No one is going to question that Wade Allison is an NHL caliber player. Right. It's just he's got to stay in the lineup gotta stay I think right now at this stage of the season. I think you don't necessarily want to put him in a lineup with bigger bodies and where there's a lot of higher. Like, I think that I, I don't know, I'm man. Thinking, the I'm AHL that, isn't exactly a kids' league. I wasn't saying it was. I'm saying I think that that's their approach because to me, that's the only reason why he's not the like emergency call up. Right. And Joel Farabee's sick. Like that's fair. You know, that that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, he's doing pretty impressive things. Now he had just the other thing is he just left the game like a week ago. You know, and sits out another one and then came back this week. And that's all well and good, but it's still missing time in one way or another, which makes everybody be a little more careful with you, you know. Yep. And that, that, that I, it's just hurting his chance to get up here for one of these final now 10 games to go. Right. And he probably deserves a shot, but it's, it's a shame that he can't get health, stay healthy enough to, to get it. Right. And that's the only, that, like I said, that's to me the only reason why it's not him. Right, I, you know, but otherwise, you know, and Brink's going to probably come in here now and get his chance. And I'm excited to see what Bobby Brink has to offer. I am too. I think that you know, like you know, and these guys, like I don't want to again. I want to similar to what I said about Adder and Cates. You don't want to assume that this is just like, oh yeah, they're coming in right now and they're going to be on the team next year because they're coming in right now. They really just want to look at them at this level, straight out of college. Do you need? Do you need the AHL, or are you? You know, was the college experience enough? And I All think right, are you, it, you know. Are you ready? Yeah. Your second line. Oh boy. Your center is Joel Farabee. <laughs> your left wing is Cam Atkinson. Your right wing is Bobby Brink. You're really on board with this Joel Farabee center thing. Absolutely. Why not? Like well, I know Scott, the- I know Scott Lawton's back, and Joel has mostly moved back to the wing, and you know was sick for Saturday's game. But generally speaking, sure, give him the experience. Let him let him take draws for twenty games. Who cares if he's bad at it? Take him off it in the off season. No, no harm, no foul. He's having fun. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I think the ideal thing is to keep him at wing, just because I think that's where he's most productive. I think it's where he's a better goal scorer, which is I think, which is I think what okay. they really want from him. I agree, but I think one of the other parts of the issue here was that they were doing it at a time when Lawton wasn't playing, and you're still, you know, nervous you're, about Kevin Hayes. Exactly, you're being very careful with Kevin Hayes, and 
you know, like, because right now there's like, there's, it's kind of come back to that. There's like, as far as everything else goes, there's a healthy balance right now at the center position. Not in terms of, hey, like, listen, this is an optimal center lineup, but at least you have, <laughs> no, but at least you have four guys who you know play the position naturally that you can sit there and say, yeah, I want them playing center right now because th- these are the guys I want to see at that position for the rest of the year. You know, Hayes comes back. Hayes is looking more and more like the, like, in a lot of games, he he's looking more and more like the player he should be. Lawton comes back into the lineup, so you kind of figure into that. Frost is playing center minutes, which is good. Sure, like you need—that's what you need to see, right? And I don't know that you need to force the issue and say, "Hey, let's play Joel Farabee at center just because." Like, if they want to, that's fine. I'm not sitting there saying there's anything wrong with experimentation. Right. It's just I think that naturally you would want to have him on the wing and. I agree. And let's, well, let's put it this way. You want me to add to the center equation with something that's a little bit of a positive thing? We already know his fate for the rest of this season, but it's good to know. Sean Couturier you know, is still coming back. Well, Sean Couturier is actively skating okay. after practices. That's good. Because everything was winding down, and Sean Couturier popped onto the ice at the end of the little morning skate on Saturday. Right. And it's like, okay, good to see Good to see him out there. He, he, he looks good, like, moving well, you know, I don't want to sit there and sit like he's not close to game ready or anything like that. And that's why he's done for the point, year. I don't want him to. Right. And they, and they don't need him to. But correct. But you have to be encouraged by the fact that he's already out there doing something, you know, for hey, sure. look, it's, it's just quick skating. It's nothing complicated, but it's something. And if he, he was out get there, healthy by the offseason, hopefully he has a normal ish offseason. And that's the most important thing. Right. And I, th- I think the key here is that I don't know how much more recovery he has, but. I don't know, you know, from now until mid, like mid July, you know, like if you go two more months from now and get to mid July or, or three months from now and get to mid July, that a good enough timetable to sit there and go, hey, you know what, for six weeks, you can ramp it up a little more and then come into training camp ready to go. Absolutely. And I, like, I think that that's exactly what he's thinking. I'm willing to bet right. that Sean Couturier is coming back as the best version of himself. You have to hope for it. I mean, yep. it's one of the things that's going to make you a good enough team next and year to make some noise. I was about to say, and by the way, in a perfect world, I do agree with you. I do prefer Joel Farabee on the wing. In, a, in an ideal world, I also prefer Scott Lawton on the wing, to be fair. That's, um, yeah, it is fair. And then uh, moving forward, if you have you know a healthy, strong Sean Couturier as 1C, Kevin Hayes as 2C, maybe Morgan Frost as 3C, and then who cares, Nate Thompson as 4C. But at that point, you know, you're, you're starting to resemble a real NHL lineup, which is not what you currently have, to be honest. Yeah, it's not. But, you know, and then here's the th- here's the thing to kind of because you bring up you prefer a lot on the wing. I, I tend to as well. But, you know, I think that one of the issues that they have right now is they don't exactly have guys. I don't want to say who can jump Lawton in the lineup. It's not that it's their center depth is really thin. That right. They don't exactly have a guy who. Scott Lawton's com- currently a better NHL center than Morgan Frost. Right. And for like, example. And I, I I don't again, that's not a knock on Morgan Frost no. because Frost has been he's playing still better, developing. but he's yeah. played better lately. Like I you know, I like there was some talk because Mike Yo was kind of hard on Frost yesterday for whatever reason and I I you know, like there's there's elements of it where you don't know why he's harder on one guy than another, you know, right. things like that. Like like the play, like you got, you got to go back and look at the positives for what they are, right? Like Morgan Frost sets up the Travis Sanheim goal that starts the scoring on Saturday, and it's a, it's a pass from below the goal line. He kind of uses some speed, creates some separation. Next thing you know, Sanheim standing out, at, you know, kind of at the top of a circle, 
you know, top of the right circle with some space. He gets the puck. He puts a shot on goal. It leaks through, but you know, it, they all count the same no matter hey, how hey. you look at it. But but they the don't setup, ask how they ask how many. But the setup's what creates the goal because it's coming from behind you. It's a tough look for a goaltender because you're tr- you're changing your perspective of things. You're trying to look here and then come back out in front, and it's a qu- you know a pretty quick release from there. Like it's well it's well done, you know. Like and I like. And he's shown more than just that. Like, he's shown some willingness to try to, you know, use some of that skill at times. Like, he tries to be creative. And it doesn't always work, but he does. And you got to give him credit for that. He's trying really hard to do it. And he's gotten more and more, you know, more and more assists. Like, I think people want him to be the goal scorer he was in juniors. I don't think that's going to happen at the NHL. Level. But I think that that's what people want specifically. Yeah, not, I agree. Not the playmaker he was in juniors, which he could become, like, not in terms of production. I'm not trying to get to that level, but I'm saying he's got more assists than goals. Let yep. him become that player. Let him sure. become the guy who sets guys up. Because I prefer you know, your center as your playmaker over your shot taker anyway, generally speaking. I mean, I don't want to look not for any not for nothing here, but like a guy who played 20 games in his rookie. So, you know, so-called rookie season, which wasn't much of you know a rookie year scores twice, has five assists, seven points in those 20 games. And let's not forget that, like he made his debut. He scored a goal. His second was his second scored game a nice he, little goal. And then what was it? His second game that he had that the other one, I, I believe it was two and two. And then he kind of hit the drought. Yeah, okay, so he had three points in his first two games and yeah. then four for the rest of the year. So four over the last 18. I'm not trying to, like, praise praise him completely here for, you know, his, like, his overall numbers for the year because you've played 45 games. 12 points is not a good, you know, point percentage per game. And then we like, mentioned it with Wade Allison, but he's also a guy who's had some issues staying healthy sometimes. Right, but there is a positive to me anyway of – and I kind of have to count this out, but I, I believe it's the last seven games, four points in your last seven games. Well, when you have 12 points on the season in 45, but you say four out of like four in the last seven, that's a positive trend. You're now, starting like, to generate some offense, right? Like you're starting to get there a little bit more. And it's not like you're an invisible part of the team anymore. Like I think right. he was when, when everything is still Claude Giroux is still here and Derek Broussard is trying to get into the lineup and this and that, like, now he's very much a key part of the lineup in terms of he's going to get minutes. They can't avoid yep. that anymore. He's going to get minutes. Right. And he's using those minutes fairly effectively. I mean, down to, you know, the game. He plays the game in Nashville. He's a plus two. You know, he has the Toronto game was rough. The first Columbus game, he was a minus one. He didn't have points against the Rangers or Columbus the first time around. But, you know, he's had a couple positive ones. He looks okay. Like he looks okay. Yeah. I, I there's is there another level for him? I wouldn't, you know, I can't doubt that. I, think I certainly another hope level. so. To be fair, yeah. yeah, but but is is he looking terrible? No, no, he's not looking terrible at all. Yeah, and it's uh, it's nice to see some development and some actually some sustained play time where he's yes. getting getting expanded minutes and looking healthy. To be quite frank, sure. So um, off of Bobby Brink, let's go to kind of the big – I don't call it the big story, but it kind of was a big deal. It's definitely yeah, so because we love this we guy. Spent a lot of this show, we spent a lot of this show talking about guys who just got here. Uh, yeah. Let's close the show by talking about a guy who's been here, been here for a while. 
I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding when I say that. Probably been here the longest of anybody who's still around the organization. I believe he's a day one employee, correct? He is. So pe what people don't understand is so I, I know that people are going to see 50th anniversary celebration and go, well, what, what like he's been here. Like the team's been around long and that's how is he a day one employee? He has been doing PA announcements for 50 years. And the name we're talking about, been, by the way, is Lou Nolan. I don't know if we've mentioned yeah. that. He is. He has been the guy who you listen for on every goal, on every Pico penalty. power play. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, well, it, it, it was funny because he even said that kind of took on a total life of its own, didn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of one of my jokes, most. By the way, he joked. By the way, that that started as like he just made it as a standard announcement. The Flyers are going on the Pico power play, and they told right. him in the headset, "Give it a Ramp little it more, up. give it more juice." And he, so he goes, "Okay, so we kept giving it a little bit more juice, and now like they like he basically short of saying the exact words." Everybody in the building calls it back to me. Screams like, it. Um, one of one of the funniest memories of my entire life is mm -hmm. being at the Stadium Series game. Yeah. And I suppose uh, the Pico contract is not covered in Lincoln Financial Field. Oh, Lou I don't Nolan, remember this at all. Because Lou Nolan calls out, and the Flyers are going on the power play. <laughs> and it was very strange. And I started dying because it was hilarious. But yeah, I I don't get why that would be a thing though. Because like I get what you're saying, like it's probably a link thing or something like that. Like I, it must be it, a building but... contract with Wells Fargo Center. I I don't know. But I'd, either I'd way, he, I'd have to know if he did it at the uh, Winter Classic that was at the ballpark. This is Bank Park, right? Yeah, just because that might make a difference. But like technically it's 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 a contract thing of the flyers so wouldn't the team take precedent over just the venue just because you know like the league like whatever i mean maybe he didn't know if he could say it so he just defaulted not to i'm pretty sure the flyers only got one power play in that game um if i remember correctly everything else was uh take both guys or um they well they flyers flyers penalty after penguins penalty so by the time the flyers started on the power play like it was already mid play oh i got you but um well they they definitely had the power play toward the end of that game because they scored a the, goal the, the 4v4 going to the 5 or the 4v3 yeah, going to the 5v4 right right before jake voracek scored was it jake voracek or was that the jvr goal it was the jvr that goal was the JVR power goal. play right because because actually that it was a de facto five on three because they pulled the goalie with it, so it turned into the six on a, four. Well, no, it wasn't the six on four by that point. I think it was still a. I think it was a five on three. They had just come out of the box. They they hadn't gotten back into the play. Oh, yet, that's right. But they that's were right. back it on was, the ice. Yes, yes. It yes. was Malkin and Hag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, good good trade off offensively. Can you tell I've watched that game a couple of times? That's how you're getting through this right now. Oh like, man. <sighs> When well, when, Cla when Claude got traded, I had to go back and watch the game before Wayne got traded. Well, I do have to say, for somebody cause we're we're talking about Lou Nolan and yeah. for somebody who's been around for a, obviously what feels like forever, you can't imagine anybody else doing this job. I mean, and it was funny because um, I'm trying to remember who who said it, whether it was Mike Yo or Scott Lawton. They were the two two active team members that we talked to on Saturday morning. Might have been Lawton who even said like. There's a couple games he's like he's missed a couple games this year, and it was weird. You know, and you notice it. It's weird. Uh, you know? And so, all the respect in the world, all the respect oh, yeah. in the world to Jim Jackson and to Gene Hart. 
but Lou Nolan is the voice of the Flyers. Well, I, I, okay, so you said you didn't really get to catch the ceremony because you were working Correct. During, during it. So Jim Jackson and, and Steve Coates hosted the ceremony because we've, we've seen enough of these before one way or another that we all know the drill. Right. Lou Nolan is the MC of all the events. And, right, but who's going to MC when he – right. And helps induct – people into the Flyers Hall of Fame, helps do jersey retirement. Seasonal awards at the end of the season. Right, yeah. he's the he guy. He does everything. So Jim Jackson and Steve Coates are doing the ceremony for him, for Lou Nolan. And they even made, I think Jim Jackson made the joke, see, Lou, it takes two of us to do what you can do. Like, it's it true. Two of us to do what that, that job that you do so effortlessly. But, you know. So like, but the whole thing was it, it was really well done. I, I, you know, I mean, there's a couple elements to it that were really well done that need to be brought up because I mean, first of all, they they gave him a whole bunch of stuff. They gave him a whole bunch of stuff that he didn't even expect. Not in terms of gifts, even. I'm talking about like the players all wearing number fifty Nolan jerseys for warmups, and like Lou saw that as like because there was a whole release about what they were going to do, and Lou even said that his, cause he had a press conference on Saturday morning, and Lou even said, "I wish they didn't tell him." I wish the first time he saw it was when they hit the ice for warm-ups. No, you know what? I don't think he knew about some of the other stuff. Like, okay. Like but that would have been cool. Ceremony. Come on. They announced that type of stuff because it's – you know what? There's a, I think there's enough preparation that goes into stuff like That's that fair. that they need to. By the way, the jerseys were really clean, by the way, because they were gray they were. with like orange – like the orange numbers or orange outlined white numbers. It was really well done. They were um, nice. But um, he said at the press conference in the morning like – I like almost like I don't get it. Like I don't like I don't get what makes like what make deserves that part of it. Like 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 he's sitting here going, I guess I've earned all like a whole bunch of the other stuff, but like the, the players are gonna wear jerseys with my name on the back. Like Lou, shut up. Come on. You've called every goal their entire career. Like, come on, Lou. No, come he's on. Just, he's just an incredibly humble guy. Who doesn't seem to think anything of it? Like he, 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 he it's just a job. Like honestly, you, you say their name, and then the building goes crazy. What do you expect, Lou? Of course they love you. Come on. But he just he he without having to get asked about like the actual events, brought up multiple times. Like he 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 can't he can't believe that it's happening, and like he goes, it can't tell you what it means to him. Like he goes, I, like I can't tell you what it means to me to have the team do this. Like he was just absolutely over the moon about having this ceremony and having this honor. And the cool part of the whole thing, by the way, that I think needs to be brought up, and I know it's a name that we've brought up on the show for various reasons before, usually not the most positive reasons, but this is a positive story. Okay. Lou, Lou Nolan specifically thanked Dave Scott okay. in, his, in his remarks and said, you'll probably figure out why in a little bit. The okay. reason why is because for the first time, in over two years, Lou Nolan was sitting between the penalty boxes to make his announcements, which technically is still not allowed among the league. Really? And, and Dave Scott said, I don't care. I'll pay the fine. Wow. We're putting him between the benches tonight. Like, Love that. Penalty box. And so kudos to that's Dave Scott. That's a classy organizational move. For doing that. Because when I turn around, I, like my, my thought process behind him went, that's the most Ed Snyder thing that Dave Scott has done. <laughs> You're not wrong. Say, here, like. Like we want to, we, we always sit here and talk about blank checks. Bite me, we'll pay the so, fine. There's the blank yep. check. I'm taking the blank check and I'm writing it to the league. I'll pay the fine for keep, for putting this guy between the benches for one night. And the best thing about Lou Nolan, by the way, is because similar to Claude Giroux, similar to Deuce Staley, similar to Michael Hanzus, 
His name is very uh Loom. There were there were many of those to go around and he earned every single one of them. He, and uh, Okay. So, you know how people people will ask the hypothetical question if you could have dinner with four people from history living or dead, <laughs> who would they be? Man, okay. Lou Nolan's high on the list. I don't know if he makes the final four, but Jesus, he's high on the list. If, Come on. He's been between the penalty boxes. He told for 50 great, years. Do, do you want me to bring up the great story that he told? Because okay. Because somebody asked him, like, what – I think, what, like, what like what was your first announcement? Was it, I was going to say, are you are you about to talk about Ty Domi in the penalty box? Or? No. It, nope. It's not that. Okay. No, but, like, somebody had, like, asked, like, what was your first – because he's been doing it for 50 years. You're talking about, like, 1972. What was the first – You've and, heard some I stuff. Think, well, and he turned – his his story was talking about how he believes that the first announcement he had to make, it's not like – I think, like – Maybe we were, I don't know if we were looking for like, hey, what was the first goal? Like, but we can go look up, like, relatively speaking, you know, hey, whatever night, because they know what night he started on, I'm sure. sure. And we could look up the date and figure out who scored the goal that he announces first or whatever. But he he said the first announcement was that that Bob Kelly and, and a member of the opposition had a dis he called it had a disagreement. <laughs> so they ended up in the penalty box, and the disagreement was still going on because they apparently like they all shared this like one. It was one it cubby, was like, right? Pretty much. So they're it was going one back bench, and, right? So he's sitting between the two of them because he's making the announcements from down there, and he said something about how, like back then you didn't have like because because he talked he joked about how progress in the NHL today, right? You, the pucks are kept in a refrigerator now to stay cool. They only had in 1972 they had an ice bucket, Jesus and apparently the conversation between the two got so heated that one of them picked up the ice bucket and just chucked the ice bucket right you know and and, and Lou made the motion while he was describing it just goes like this like that's what they did <laughs> right. and he goes, I'm in the middle of this and I go oh man this is gonna be something else and like like that was the first that was one of the stories and and, and, and that was it, probably it, the first period it probably was and it's hysterical and <laughs> but but the funny part is, is that one of the things that like because uh. some like the question was one of the questions was you know what was your like when you started doing this what was the end goal like was there like an like like I just like hoped like whatever. And Lou said Lou's answer legitimate was don't get fired before the second game. Do it for 50 years until they wear my number in warmups. What do you want from me? Yeah, well, like he never thought that level. Right. His, his literal answer was do do the first game and hope I don't get fired before the second. Like, that's it. You know, which is a great which is a great answer because that's like the way he feels. He feels like just this lucky guy to do it. And that's all there is to it. I think that your question like what you're just bringing up right now that that's a really funny thing like there there's a group of flyers like and, and i think you need to extend it to the if you could have lunch with four people living or dead who that, this could, will be a summer topic for sure we will absolutely oh, but i already have, have no i already because i already have at least three people okay just from flyers history here yes okay because if you're putting lou nolan down there for stories and you're putting gene hart ned snyder down there too let's, okay. let's all have lunch and just tell stories does JJ get in by default there, and then, or do you go two players? Well, no, I, I already did three because I did Lou Nolan, Ed Snyder, Gene Hart. Oh, you're right. You and, only got one more name there. So I only got one more, and I don't know if I go with either. You the have best to go player. with a player. Then, if I really want entertaining stories, I think you know, with with all due respect to anybody else I could name, if I'm going stories, I guess I, I think I got to go with Bernie. Because Bernie's got stories. Um. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'll do this real quick and then we'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> Flyers history. 
I'm going to change tack here. I'm going to swap Gene Hart out for Jim Jackson just because uh, over my lifetime, Jim Jackson, I've I've seen more calls. Uh, so no, we still I get have, that. I'm not, still, I'm not, I'm right, not of course. I, it's, well, me, it's, well, me it's, too. It's, but. Yeah. Uh, Ed Snyder, Jim Jackson. I think I might be going two players here. And, okay, so are we talking are – You can talking, pick whoever you want to. Right, but are we talking truth serum? Like nobody ever finds out what we talk about because if yeah, that's kind of because if that's like... the case, I'm getting Scott Hartnell. <laughs> okay, I I thought you were going a totally different direction with that. I'm going Scott Hartnell, and it it was close between Scott Hartnell or Jeff Carter. Because holy, you want um, okay, you want the bottom line to that story, all right? Yes? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> all right, and then um. My other one, I'd probably go somewhere back in the day. Uh, and I'm going to go Bullies, but I'm not going to go Bernie because I feel like Bernie has kind of told a lot of his stories publicly. Okay. I can't I, I can't see you. Go, well, I'll let you answer and then I'll tell you where I thought you were going to go. Or where I thought you were going to go. I'm going to go a little off the board here. All right. Who are you thinking? And not really off the board if you think about it. I'm going to go with Bill Barber. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll he was that. probably there. For a lot of the really good stories, but he probably wasn't the centerpiece of a lot of really good stories. Okay. So he can probably tell some really good stories. So here's the here's the thing. First of all, I, I, I was correct in my thought going in because I was gonna say there, when you said you were gonna go a little bit off, go, the, off the beaten well, track. No, but I thought when you said you were gonna go bully, I'm like okay. I'm like, okay, there's no but not Bernie. I'm like, there's no way you're going Clark because I no. feel like that's like you're not, you you're gonna go more off the board here with this. You need right. to go a little more off the board. And I wasn't sure if you were gonna go with, like, were you gonna go with more of the physical tough guy kind of thing? You know, like one of those types of guys. You know, to be honest, when you said truth, the truth serum thing, I didn't think you were gonna say Scott Hartnell at all. I'll tell you who I thought. Are you going Eric Lindros? Yes. Because, man, that's also true. Like, I oh. thought when you were sitting here saying truth serum, we get to sit there and talk. Is the first question, why didn't you want to go to Quebec? Um, no. My first question is, what really happened at the at the end? You know, what, Fair. What, like, full details. Everything. Give me a transcript what really of the happened. conversation with Bobby Clark. Right, like, full details. Like, I'm not talking about what everybody knows the story to mostly be. I'm talking about full details. Everything. Second question has to be, why didn't you want to go to Quebec? All right. He's actually answered that for like re- in recent years. He really has. Did he? Oh yeah. Around the time he went into the Hall of Fame, he's actually answered that question because he's gone oh, back and visited. He's visited Quebec in recent enough years. The whole thing had to do with ownership. It was fair quite enough. literally ownership, and he said. And that. I think he alluded to that at the time. To be fair, um, he basically flat out said in one in one interview anyway, if if Quebec would have been owned by anybody else, then the Flyers thing would have never happened. He would have never been a Flyer. Fair. Or at least never been a flyer at the beginning. And, and who knows? Like, Quebec might not have moved to Colorado. Like, who knows what kind of wormhole we would have yeah. gone down as an NHL. Ooh, well, you know really quick, can I bring up an, an, an NHL point really quick? No, yeah, for sure. Because it just flashed across my Say, we're getting dangerously Twitter. close to a summer show. <laughs> no, I know. But it, it's something worth mentioning because yeah. we're speaking of, like, players who are Hall of Famers and doing amazing things or do, do amazing things in their career. Oh, he's still ridiculous. 
I don't know if that's yeah, but I'm bringing up Austin Matthews because oh Austin yeah, Matthews, 51 goals in in 50 games. 51 goals in 50 games. Which, by the way, I know it's not a 50 and 50 because like the NHL only likes that from the start the of the first season. 50, yeah, I know. but it's a 50 and 50, and like probably more impressive if you consider that you're you know down the stretch a little bit, it and also that happened. included the COVID pause. Right, it still hasn't happened for what 27 years, something like that. I, it's insane what he's doing. It what is. was what was insane is the fact. Okay, so apparently he scored the first one. He, it's it's a technical fifty and fifty. They had to change goalies because Jake Allen got hurt. Montreal did, <sighs> and the first shot on the next goalie is Austin Matthews in the net. Feels bad. So fifty one. Yeah, he's fifty eight he, on the season. He's ridiculous. If he didn't have a slow start, where I think he had like three goals through eighteen games or something like that. If he didn't have his slow start, mm-hmm. he would have scored seventy. We are doing okay. No, no, we are doing a show. We are doing a show next week, so I'm not right. trying to like jump too far ahead here. Yeah, but we are starting to look towards the playoffs here, and we're starting to no, look at the not, playoffs. That's not, teams I'm, that's a not where bit. I was going to go with this. Um, there's four more. Well, at least for the Flyers, anyway. There's four more games before they play Toronto. What number goal does Austin Matthews score? In that game against the Flyers, is it straight up like is 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 a week and a half too much for sixty at that point? Or are we looking at sixty-five? Maybe I think he scores 63, 64, 65, and sixty-six against the Flyers. Oh wow, you're going for a goal game. Yeah. Oh you, yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. Okay. So because now I, I, you know how when Ovi decides he wants to score, Ovi scores a lot. I think Austin Matthews is there, and I think he's pushing for seventy. I mean, it would be insane if he did. It'd but. be insane. First since what, Mario? I'd have to go look, but yeah. It's I'm reasonably positive it's the first 70 since Mario in like 93 um, or whatever. I do want to sit there because I did just really quickly look. Toronto also has four games before they play the Flyers. So in the, And their next – oh, by the way, look at – let me tell you who their next four games are against. Okay. Buffalo, Washington. Soft. Washington. Solid, yeah. Ottawa. Soft. Islanders. Soft. Flyers, soft. How many goals is he scoring in the next four? He's scoring at least five, isn't he? Well, that's why I'm saying 63, 64, 65, 66 against the Flyers. I think he goes absolutely bananas. All right, I'll tell you what my prediction is then. And I know we're a week early, but I'll tell you what my prediction is from here because it'll look better if we do it this way. Because by that point, by the time we do the next show, there's only one of these games left. He's going to get – he'll score five in the next four, and he'll score 64 and 65 against the Flyers. Okay. I think that's entirely – yeah. I think that's Which, where we're Which, by the at. way, if he does, if he does that much, gets to say 65 in the next five games, he's still got five more to get to 70. Unreal. And he's going to do it. I, I believe uh, they said his pace is 67 for what it's worth. So, yeah, but he's been cranking it up recently. So no, I know, but I'm saying his pace being 67, he's going to get there, I think. He, yep. So – Insane. All right. Well, Good we're going to leave it on. We're yeah, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we're heading towards the playoffs, so we will be talking about kind of stuff across the NHL a little bit more. So you know, no, get me ESPN Plus subscription. <laughs> you know, it's great. <laughs> Next week, there's nothing like this week. We felt like we definitely wanted to get the Lou Nolan stuff in because that was a yeah. cool thing. And so, it, next week, there's nothing. There's no ceremonies. There's no nothing. We're just going to probably be shifting gears straight to here's what the Losses. Flyers did. Let's talk. Yeah, here's what the Flyers did. Let's talk playoffs. Yep. Not, not with the Flyers involved, obviously. But let's and you talk know what? That. that is exciting news. So uh, Yeah, I'm excited for this stuff, especially as we get into the real playoff push. And those things will come out uh, pretty much everywhere where you put your podcasts out. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
Uh, we're on YouTube. Our episodes tend to go up at 8 p.m. on Sunday with some variances due to scheduling, but that's okay. <laughs> Only one more uh, of them, I swear. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Follow at Sports Talk PHL. Follow at Flyer Delphia. We're running out of time on the season here. And uh, <laughs> until then, uh, I guess follow follow the others too. Was it Eagle Delphia, Philly Delphia? Like we're 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 full blown in plug the other channel well, season. Well, if, then let me add to that really quick because yeah, it, you, well, like sure, we're, we're recording this on the Sunday morning like we always do. It'll go up on Sunday night at eight o'clock. The Sixers are going to play their last regular season game on this Sunday, so playoff pushes on. Follow the Sixers, our Sixers portion of this, and our Sixers staff for that. Is that Sixerdelphia? Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. And then okay. um, when Sports Talk PHL has everything covered, right. so you can keep follow them for there. everything. Follow them for everything. Obviously, Philly season kicked off on Friday. Or, yeah, Friday. So I'm starting to lose track of my days here. Um, but kicked off, it, that, that got started on Friday. Two wins right away out of the gate. It's been some fun. I'm already eagerly anticipating that last week of the Flyers season because I'm going to a game that week, and then I got a couple more lined up too. So I'm looking forward to going down to the ballpark again for some, you know, to, to actually go as a fan. Right. It's, it's fun nice. to go to a sporting event as a fan for the other teams, you know, and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, I mean, Eagles is kind of an, you know, I want to say Eagles is in the, the kind of quiet period, but it's not because the draft is this month. So yep. there's a lot of stuff ramping up with that stuff, too. So, you know, I'm getting ready to go into the cave at the end of the month. Fair. For a while, because for the two months, what is it, about two months of the playoffs, there's nothing going on, so I don't get to do Pretty anything. Pretty much. But, you know, otherwise, those those guys are going to have you all covered, and it's going to be a, it should be a good time, you know. Yep, follow at Sports Talk PHL, and they'll take good care of you. Except for, yeah, except for the part where the uh, people on the Sports Talk PHL Twitter put out there at, what, 6.30 yesterday? Or, or maybe it was 7, because the game started at 7.30 on Saturday. Put out there that... Sixers won, Phillies won, Union won, Flyers? Keep keep dreaming that. Keep dreaming, people. All right. And on that note, we'll be back next week. We'll see you.